What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Hallam, and this is another Family Times podcast episode getting you ready for your fantasy football drafts. Make sure, if you haven't already, FantasyAlarm.com, free account, free draft guide, free Howard Bender cheat sheet. Guys, what's going on? How you doing, Sells? I am doing pretty well. Um, as you can see on my Twitter feed, we got a new dog uh, a couple of days ago. That makes dog number two. And uh, she's a puppy, so she went full-blown puppy mode today during some meetings. Hallam saw one of those meetings where she tried to chew my MacBook. Um, <laughs> oh. Turns out they're puppy-proof, which is a bonus. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, just, just gearing up for uh, the start of NFL and uh, NASCAR playoffs. That's yeah. about it for me. Going to be a wild time. Sells is actually going to be in my home fantasy football auction on Monday. So we'll have to go over maybe next episode the fallout of that sells and some of the values that we get so we can bring more of our family to talk about how awesome auctions are. What's going on, Helen? Not too much, man. Getting ready for a holiday weekend. Uh, just a big basketball trade just went down a second ago. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like Matt said, getting ready for week one. I'm just ready to kick off and go. You know, we've talked for so long about what we think is going to happen and predict this and predict that. I can't wait to see the football in the air and actually have things play out. Well, I'll make a few quick comments about the Cleveland and Utah trade. Donovan Mitchell, after it was speculated he was going to go to the Knicks, the asking price, all these picks. It couldn't be enough picks. I'm surprised that Danny Age didn't ask the Knicks for the keys to Madison Square Garden. But they end up, because of the Knicks signing R.J. Barrett to his extension worth up to $120 million, they ended up trading Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers, in which I think is a very awesome, pretty much even Steven trade because the Cavs now lock in their backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Colin Sexton, a scorer, signs an extension with Utah to complete the trade. Good score for score. And then Utah gets more depth in Lowry Markinen, which is also awesome. A good floor stretcher who can play at the three or the four, sub in a bit at the five. And then they got themselves some picks as well. So it just shows we talk about it in fantasy trades that just because you don't get the best player in the deal doesn't mean you lost the trade. And I thought for these two teams, they it was a perfect marriage. It was a great setup. Both teams got what they needed. But Donovan Mitchell going to the East Coast, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But I saw unprote- unprotected picks. That's a, a, a nice little feature, right? Right. Pick swaps, too. And that's that's what makes it mean. Otherwise, they're going to have to include more picks. And that that's the problem. And Danny Ainge, he asks for a lot in trades historically. So very good trade by both of those teams. Guys, I want to ask you a question because I actually participated in a draft today with some of the Sirius XM hosts. And even John and Pemba was in this draft. Adam Ronis was in this draft. Jim Bowden was in this draft. PPR League, you start three wide receivers. I end up see after seeing running backs fly up the board and everything like a little bit too fast. I actually thought I was targeting him anyway. I was looking for volume at that point, and I was in the middle of uh, beginning of my sixth round. And my running backs at this point are Najee Harris and Cam Akers. And I decided to go with a what I think is a safe volume play for at least two, if not three downs in Damian Pierce, someone who's been getting rave reviews. Marlon Mack, it was thought maybe he would start and then all of a sudden Pierce would take over. Then Mack gets cut. And now when and now when you're looking at Damian Pierce, all the reviews are good. And even though everyone says negative game script, they're going to be playing from behind Houston. He's still going to get the volume. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh... 
Look, negative game scripts are obviously tricky for running backs, but there's two ways to look at it, right? Either you're getting blown out and just want the clock to end, and so you run the ball, or you're actually more competitive than people think you're going to be, and then you run the ball because you're a normal offense, right? They weren't great last year, and they still ran the ball a decent amount. Um, so, look, taking him in the sixth round, is that a little high? Sure, but you got to read the room, right? Every draft is different. In fact, in a draft, uh, I believe, Fenty, I know Hallam was in it um, earlier this week. It was a super flex, and there was like 10 quarterbacks off the board by halfway through the second round. So would I have taken some of those guys that early? No, but you got to read the room and they're flying off the, the board. You got to take them. So same thing with running backs. If they're moving, you got to, you got to grab the guys you want. Yeah. And I'm in uh, that, that latest Scott fish bowl uh, incarnation with Des Bryant league uh, and Pierce went sixth round, seventh pick. So, uh, you know, I think that's about what the price tag is. Uh, we talked a little bit about him last night uh, with you. Uh, I, you know, you asked about the fifth round, which I thought was too soon. Still, you know, it depends on who's left. But uh, you know, again, like the draft I'm in. Okay, so in the, in the seventh round, no running backs went. In the eighth, it's Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt. Like he's guaranteed, all but guaranteed more carries than all of those guys. So depending on how New England splits it up, uh, it, you know. So I think you you. For sure, I think you hit it right. You got a guy who you know is going to get used, uh, and it's just a matter of what he can do with that. My only concern is he hasn't played it down in the NFL yet. Uh, I don't know if his college career was as prolific as you know some of the guys who went earlier in the draft, but uh, if running backs are getting scarce and he's sitting there, I don't think the middle of the six is the worst. And when looking at some of the running backs as well, and I know that there's this RB dead zone, we got to be careful, though, as an industry, because when casual players hear that, they think, oh, automatically stay away. But some of the running backs are appealing there. And someone who I brought up numerous times that's still in that area, A.J. Dillon. I got sniped right before by Bob Harris, football diehards. And I was so disappointed. I wanted A.J. Dillon. Both he and Aaron Jones, in my opinion, will have roles. I think Dillon's going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns. And I'm thinking he's hitting double figures overall when it comes to scores. And that's someone that's going at a very fair valuation right now. End of fifth, I've seen him. I've also seen mid-sixth. And I, I'll take him there just about every time. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a touchdown vulture this year. I, I really do. Um their head coach came out and said, I really don't care what you think of our wide receivers for fantasy. They're decent, but I'm like, eh, I think you're kind of covering stuff. Like, I think you're going to basically run the ball um, and then, you know, kind of try to bring the new wide receivers along. I don't know. But I, I like A.J. Dillon quite a bit this year. Also, Aaron Jones has missed time uh, in the past couple of years. Not much, but has missed a little bit of time. So you do have a little bit of a handcuff. Um you know, role there too. Yeah. And I like him. I mean, he's, even though, you know, he's built kind of like a brick poop house, but like the guy can move, like he's shown really good agility and, and, you know, the ability to make tacklers miss. And, and like you said, the ability to find the end zone. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I would prefer him to Damien Pierce. I, I stuff that you got sniped right before there, but even though he's in more of a split, I still like his uh, ability for the touchdowns. Then he can catch some passes too. Guys, we had a situation happen on Sunday night, which is very scary. And thank God 
Brian Robinson is okay. He was getting robbed, was shot twice, out of the hospital, had surgery, and thank, like I said, thank goodness he's okay. And this goes beyond football. Just that's, I can't imagine how frightening of a situation. And here he comes, what, a day or two later, back to the facility, and it just shows. And now even we know that he's going to miss some time. But at first, when you see something like he gets shot, not life-threatening, but gets shot, then you're thinking extended, not going to come back for a while, but at least we know he'll miss the next handful of games. But the commanders haven't traded for another running back or anything. So at this point, we have all of the bad vibes regarding Antonio Gibson, and then there's the pass catcher in J.D. McKissick. I mean, ultimately, how are you guys handling both of these guys now that, and I hate to say it like this, but Robinson, of course, being sideline recovering, does it make you want to draft these guys anymore? No, I'm treating them like the Patriots backfield, man. Like, I, I don't really want any parts of that backfield because what they've said about Antonio Gibson, why are you going to trash a guy on your roster like that you didn't get rid of? Why are you going to trash him like that publicly? Um, and then we know J.D. McKissick basically catches passes. So that if you're not in a PPR or half PPR, that he's got no point. Um, and then who knows how long Brian Robinson's out. Hopefully, speedy recovery, he makes it back. Obviously, the football field is the least of the worries there. Um, but no, I, I don't want any of those running backs right now, to be honest. I mean, I have no problem with Gibson. Uh, I, I never thought he was going to be just a kick returner or on kick coverage uh, for a guy who's been as successful as he's been uh, the first two years. Uh, I, I mean, I think the offense should be upgraded this year with Wentz at quarterback. I know we talk about it all the time, how everyone hates him, but he's not that bad. Uh, and again, there's just the disc like Gibson, you're getting like, crazy I, again i hate to keep referencing the draft i'm in he went to pick before damian pierce for a guy who's had 21 touchdowns in the last two years and a thousand yards last year uh so i don't think he's washed uh you know i don't know maybe hoping and i don't know this i'm hoping that that was the coach trying to stick a little fire in his butt and be like hey you know you need to to show us something uh but i'm still okay with gifts i mean if you're towards the end with with mckissick and you're looking for a depth running back who you hope catches five passes on your bye week or someone gets injured for a week or two i'm fine with him but he's certainly not someone i'm out there targeting i mean i guess it's fine for the draft value for gibson at this point but like it's not if i wind up with him then my 14 other plans have failed Right. Like he, he's not a guy I'm hunting right now. He's kind of a guy that if he's there, I'll probably take him. But I'm not like it's not like Fensty with Damian Pierce, who he's actively looking to take. Right. Not get a huge amount of shares. But with this right. particular draft, I just felt it was the right spot. And some people agreed and some of the other analysts did not agree. But a half a round earlier, is it that's not a full reach to me. A full no. reach to me is well, a round no, you, two rounds. Yeah, you got to like you would pick again or something like if it's, you know, if he's your guy and you want him, he's not making it back to you, which let's be honest, he probably wouldn't have at that point. No, he's I was on guy. the wheel. I was I was the I oh, was you definitely the, weren't getting in. Right. There was no chance. I, you know, I mean, and I wanted to take someone. And one I of think the we preach, get your guy right. Like he, right. he wasn't making it back to you. So you get your guy or you don't. Some of the other running backs going around. Damian Pierce and Antonio Gibson are J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, 
Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, CEH, Stevenson. We were just talking about the Patriots' backfield there. Rashad Penny also going there. It's funny because Pierce, on high-stakes draft boards over the last day alone, has been going about 56-57. Gibson going 74-75 right before Chase Edmonds. Here's my question, because this is another thing, and of course we're all on Twitter 24-7. Did the Miami running back situation all of a sudden clear up? I know they got rid of Sony Michelle, but they still have like 14 other guys. Yeah. All of a sudden, Chase Edmonds is now like the darling that he is 100% going to be the guy, and people are treating him like he's the greatest thing that you could pick. And I don't know. I know Michelle leaving helps, but I don't know that the Miami running situation just cleared itself up that all of a sudden everyone loved Edmonds. Right. Also, didn't their their new head coach come from a system that basically ran anybody out there and expected them to produce? Yep. So, like... I, I I don't know. I mean, why is Chase Edmonds the, the golden child in Miami all of a sudden when all camp and all summer long, it's like, well, one of these seven guys could win the job. Uh, so I'm, Michelle I'm with you. Right. And, and now, see, it's funny because even beforehand, I was I, I took a few late, late shares of Raheem Mostert. I know that with the injuries and everything like that, but this dude went on the field as a power back. And if I end up, let's just getting say, getting five games out of him, okay, I'll make it up somewhere else and it's not a lot of draft capital that I'm spending. And that, at least with Michelle gone, makes me a little bit more excited about the depth pick in Mostert. Yeah, and and Mostert is fast. He's recorded at some of the faster runs in the league. uh, And, you know, he just, he hits the corner and and turns it. Like, he's gone. So, you know, again, like you said, he gets hurt a lot. Uh, but the upside is there to have a, a a decent season, and guess you know he comes from San Francisco, where the coach right. came from. So I, I think there's some advantage there to to it too. Yep. Uh, just verbal retweet there. Verbal <laughs> retweet to quote the GM Jim Bowden. Guys, very quickly. I mean, we we're right towards the end, towards the end of draft season. Who are some of the players that you're finding? A lot of my drafts actually, most I still have like another three left. But who are some of the players that you guys have the most shares of at this point? Noticeable amount of shares. Well, I can only speak to the one draft that I've done so far because all of my drafts happen <laughs> in the next. Like, I've got your draft on Monday. I'm in another home league with um, Drew uh, Phelps, which we're drafting, I think, Wednesday night, so the night before the season starts. Um, you know, I, Look, there are certainly some guys that I was excited about who fell, like Hunter Renfro. Um, I am excited about him going late in drafts because I I really don't think that Devontae Adams being there is going to eat that much target load for Hunter Renfro because the guy is shifty. Um, so, yeah, I you know, he's a guy I've been actively targeting. Uh, Damian Pierce, I like him too, although, to be fair, I got him way later than the sixth round. Uh, in this one, but it was a super weird setup, so I can't re- <laughs> I can't really fault you for that. Um, you know, I and Irv Smith is a tight end that's falling that I think has way more upside than people are giving him credit for. He's yeah, late. Get him late. I have a ton of Derrick Henry. I have a ton of Deontay Johnson, uh, Brandon Cooks, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I've found Josh Jacobs to be my third running back a decent amount. Um, Stafford, 
Brady. Like I'm not, I don't, I really focus on running back and, and wide receiver early. So you don't see me have like the top, top quarterbacks or the top, top tight ends. Um, so like Dallas Goddard, that kind of level uh, tight end is where you're going to find most of my drafts land. So that's uh, Justin Herbert, if I can, but usually he goes before I pull the trigger on quarterback, but I do like the man. No, I love Terry McLaurin. That That is one of my players that I have a good amount of shares of thus far. Someone that even with wild random quarterbacks, he could still get thousand yard seasons. Now the big thing with him is, can he get in the box? Can he score those touchdowns? Well, with Carson Wentz there, I'm a bit, a little bit more confident, but I'm still very confident that he's going to be looking at what 130, 140 targets this year. I'm fine with it. People don't see him having a huge ceiling, but that's okay. As your second or even third wide receiver, I'm there all day. And he's been going steadily in the fourth round since we started talking fantasy football drafts for 2022. Yeah, I have him as my wide receiver too. Uh, behind, I have uh, Jalen Waddell as my wide receiver one in that league, and then Terry McLaurin, and then Juju as my wide receiver three. Um, and yes, I took Jalen Waddell over Deontay Johnson in the draft that I was in with Hallam. Um, just. You know, Waddle's a target machine right now. So, um, yeah, I look, that's the one drawback to McLaurin is is the touchdowns. But here's the thing about floor and ceiling. You don't actually want a guy with a huge ceiling and a very low floor. Right. You want a guy that has a slightly lower ceiling but a way higher floor. You want the range to be very tight between those two to get a guy who can power you all the way through the season and be effective for you because you unless you're in best ball in best ball where you basically draft it and then let the computer figure out the mayhem that happens you don't want to be with a guy who is going to put up zero points and then 25 points and then zero points and then 15 points because odds are you're going to pick the wrong week almost every time and then you're going to be like why do i have this guy so getting guys with ceilings and floors that are relatively close to each other is perfectly fine it makes setting your roster a lot easier week to week another player that i have a decent amount of shares of and he just continues to go late and people are just so down on the titans and i get that and they they lost even more pass rush too today so i mean it's just when it comes to robert woods though another one just seems safe to me i mean we've seen him perform at a high level before and I know he's coming off the injury, but this is someone that you're getting borderline top 100 pick, and there are not a lot of options, and Traylon Burks is unproven. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that I've ended up drafting him that much, but I don't know I don't know why I haven't. Like, yeah, he had, you know, close to 100 catch seasons, and, and even with Cooper Cup going bananas last year, he was still off to a good start before he got hurt. Uh, obviously it's a step down at quarterback, step down in offense. This one's, you know, more running base and run through Derrick Henry, but he still throws a decent amount. Like with, with AJ Brown out of town, he's got to be the number one option. I knew, yeah, we like Traylon Burks, but again, running you know, rookie that's never played, uh, reports, you know, all preseason weren't fantastic. So, uh, I think Woods is definitely have, has been undervalued this, uh, this you past season. You say a downgraded quarterback. Robert Woods put up good seasons with Jared Goff. Yeah, you're right. So, like, if everybody's still crapping on Jared Goff, even after hard knocks, um, is Tannehill really that much lower than Jared Goff? I don't think so. 
he's at least the same, if not a little, like, maybe a little better. Um, and, yeah, there's not really anybody there that's going to steal targets from him right off the bat. So, again, it's all about, you know, do you feel comfortable that he's going to be ready 100% for the start of the season? I, You know, I really feel like ACLs, and, and this is, I don't know, crazy, but it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. As not anymore, no, right? Most of the time, right? And he did it, like, what, eighth week or seventh week? It was so it wasn't like – now right. we see, like – you know, we see guys tear it in December and they're ready for the beginning of the season. So I, I feel like Woods is going to be okay. I mean, heck, if Cam Akers came back in five and a half months from a torn Achilles, then Woods should be good to go after a torn ACL, right? Like, right. <laughs> by the way, Trey Sermon, who was released by the 49ers, was claimed by the Eagles. And that makes things a little bit more interesting or not. But I mean, but, does anybody know what the Eagles are doing? I mean, I like their their move to get what was it, Gardner? Um, yeah, yeah, Chauncey. I don't know. Doesn't he have a hyphenated? Yep, Gardner team? Johnson, I believe. Yeah, they're gonna play him at safety and then up his pay by doing that. But that was a nice move for their defense. Um, but look, I still think Miles Sanders is gonna be the guy when he's when he's ready to go. Like, I still think he's their best option in that in that backfield. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Don't ask Miles Sanders, though, because he will tell you not to draft him on your fantasy football teams because it, the way the Eagles offense runs, it doesn't favor fantasy. But don't believe any of that. He's setting the bar low. Guys, I mean, they say that about the Patriots, too, but Tom Brady was still fantasy great, right. like, every year. Of course. Let's get to the family table, guys. Let's we each bring something to the table. Already talked about the NBA trade that just went down a little bit ago Thursday afternoon. But, Sells, what are you bringing to the table? What I'm bringing to the table is, um, yes, I know football's about to kick off um, on, like, 17 different networks. So we're going to have to pay more for streaming services and whatever. But there are some awesome playoff races happening in baseball right now. The addition of the third wild card in both leagues has really opened things up. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles are fighting for a playoff berth. That's right. The Baltimore Orioles, who were, by the way, 16 and 24 when they called up Adley Rutschman in May. And now they've gone on an absolute tear since adding him. Um, you've got Otani doing magical things every single night. You've got all sorts of just awesome playoff stuff happening. Um, so, you know, don't forget about baseball. And those of us in Dynasty and Keeper League should pay attention to what's about to happen because today was the the um, expanded you know, rosters. Yeah, extended rosters. Thank you. I blanked on the word extended there. Yep. Um, now, it doesn't go to 40. It goes to 28. So there's only two extra guys that are called up. But we might see some prospects getting called up. We already saw Corbin Carroll earlier this week. We saw Gunnar Henderson for the Orioles get called up and hit a bomb in his first at bat. So you get a little chance to see what the guy can do in September, maybe in a playoff run. And again, does not count to, to service time, so these guys can still be prospects going into next year. So don't fully give up on baseball yet. There's a bunch of awesome playoff runs happening, including the entire AL Central, which is wide open because Tony La Russa sucks at managing baseball. Yeah, we hope Tony La Russa, by the way, feels better. No, he's going through some health issues right now. It's Ryan the stress of tanking a roster that should be better than <laughs> than what it is. One and two, let's intentionally walk the guy. Ryan Hallam, what are you bring? Yeah, Ryan, what are you bringing to the table? As always, uh, I have my side projects. Uh, Survivor is less than a month or three weeks away. We just got a cast, the amazing race. 
Uh, also starts on the 21st, which Rex Ryan is on, by the way. Uh, <laughs> imagine he's... He's got to be the first one out. But anyway, so uh, if you want to play those games, of course, find me on Twitter at Fighting Chance. And my latest bracket just put up last night, the best quarterback since 1980. I didn't want to go like way back into history. So the uh, the top quarterback since 1980, the first polls are going right now. Uh, but by the time this goes up, I'll probably be on the second one. So I hope Tom Brady doesn't win, but I'm, probably, I'm figuring he's probably going to. Who are the one seeds? Brady, Montana, Elway, and uh, Peyton Manning. Okay, I like this. Oh, Steve yes. Young didn't double tap your Niners. Steve Young is actually a three. Ooh, wow! So go to at Fighting Chance and start voting on the latest quarterback bracket. Gotta love that. Gotta love talking nostalgia with Ryan Hallam. He's the guy to do so. I'm just gonna say something that's really cool, and that's bobbleheads because not just bobbleheads, but some of the latest bobbleheads in the last year or two have voice boxes in them. And I think that's so freaking cool. Even Timmy Trumpet, who, you know, does, you know Edwin <laughs> that Diaz. That was awesome. He has a bobblehead, and you push the button, and you hear the entrance and everything. You hear Timmy Trumpet. It's awesome. That's, <laughs> you, saw the, you saw the clip of him doing it live the other day. Yes, night. I did. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, bobbleheads are, yeah, you know, you just you bobble the head and everything. Bobbleheads have grown. They've evolved. Voice boxes. I got a Jack Buck one that has a few of his favorite calls. I've got Bob Euchre as well with about five different calls. The Yankees just had one with John Sterling and Susan Walden that have five different sayings. These are so freaking cool, and they've made bobbleheads so much more fun, and that is why I'm expanding my broadcast, sports broadcaster bobblehead collection as we speak. So there you go. Did you see the Soto one that does the hip shuffle? No, but that's, bobbling? His that's hip, cool, though. His hip goes back and forth like the, like the uh, uh, you know. The full count shuffle that he does. <laughs> you can give Matt Sells a follow on Twitter at the Sellsman. Follow all NASCAR as well for Sells. He'll be doing football content as well. All the football content from Ryan Hallam and fun brackets for nostalgia at Fighting Chance. I'm at Fence Sports. We'll be back next week because by the time we're back, it is time. The battle begins. Let's win those rings because a family that sticks together wins together.